Oh, thank you so much for checking out another Kobe Cast podcast. And uh, please, if you like what you hear, tell a friend. Tell a friend to listen on iHeartRadio.com or on the app. And if you like what you've heard more than once, then hit that like button. Hit that heart button up at the top so you are always notified when we have a brand new Kobe Cast podcast for you. Today, I am so excited about our podcast guest because she used to be a co-worker. She used to be a part of Elvis Duran and the Hot Morning Show. She has left the show a few months ago, but she's been super successful in her own podcast, her own online series, which has just spun off a new online series, and she's got so much more going on. I am so happy she can join us right now. The latest Kobe cast is with Miss Bethany Watson. We are with Miss Bethany Watson, which literally is like your Instagram handle. Yeah, it is. That makes it easy. I did that on purpose. Hi, friend. How are you? Good. How are you? It's been a while. Oh, it's been over a year, probably. Yes. People still talk about your appearance here uh, at that event we had. That night was so much fun. I, um, I, uh, BB Bresta is one of the nicest people in the world. It was so much fun to party with all of you guys. Um, and there was a bear. There was a, a bear in the green room. Yes, there. The cheese spread. Yeah, that's like literally anytime there is a artist that's there because we've done some things there since then. Um, we just did something a couple weeks ago. We had like Cash Cash. We had in real life. We had Jack and Jack. We had We the Kings and Rita Ora. And everyone loves the bear. Like that's <laughs> like that bear. You know what <laughs> that that bear at Sharky's needs its own Instagram account. Yeah, it's it's just a little unsettling because it's a stuffed bear, but it's also sort of amazing that they have it. Do you know how old this thing is? I have no idea. I have no idea of the lore of the bear, which makes me want to investigate it more. And I think that should be a podcast episode. Totally. Totally. Through, through the, uh, the archive. Like, if you just think of all the people that have been there, right? Now, like, obviously, we're in Syracuse, New York. We're not in New York City, so we're going to have, like, huge celebrities coming by every day. But BB Rexa, we've had Time Flies. We've had Max. We've had, you know, the people I just mentioned. We've had you. We've had, um, you know, a lot of people. If every one of those people took a selfie with the bear, that account would be fire. It would be insane. And plus, that's not even, like, counting the people who climbed the bear. I think it was. Someone from it was maybe BB Rex's camp who like climbed it and rode it. Yes, um, that's, mean, the pictures are amazing. And Cal from Time Flies, we actually did an interview with him on the bear. Like that was the prerequisite. Oh. But you think I think this could be the best stuffed bear account on all of Instagram if we if we create it. I mean, taxidermy is like an <laughs> untapped market. I feel like. So I doing. see I see your uh, post radio career has been going great with taxidermy knowledge. <laughs> right. So, all right. So, to catch people up, you uh, you were a member of Elvis Duran's in the morning show. How long were you on with Elvis? Uh, five years, a little over. Okay, and you left. How long has it been since you left? Um, I left in February. Okay, so about three months. Four months. Okay, three yeah. or four months. Now, is it as scary as you thought it would be? Looking down the line, four months. Um, you know what? It hasn't been because it wasn't a decision that I made lightly. Um, I have been, you know, saving money for a long time and I've been just trying to be really smart financially. So 
And it's also one of those things where, like, when you know it's time to make a change, all of a sudden it just hits you and you're like, yep, I know, now's the time. And so there wasn't really um, any doubt in my mind. It was absolutely a scary step, and it was really hard to say goodbye to my friends and, you know, to that routine and say goodbye to the listeners. But I also knew that I was going to still be in touch with everyone. And that's the good thing about social media is I still get to talk to our listeners and interact with them every day. Um, so it's actually been a really, it's been a really nice experience. My life has slowed down a lot. Um, I've been able to sleep. Yeah, right. I've been able to, yeah, like <laughs> my health in a way that I wasn't able to before. Um, because just those hours are insane. Waking up at three in the morning is, it really takes a toll. Um, and some people's bodies can handle it. I could not. So, so it's been, it's been a very positive thing. Well, you know, you said something that, you know, you're able to keep up with your listeners from Elvis now with social media. And I think that's a really interesting observation because like 30 years ago, you know, and you get this because you were in radio for a while, like 30 mm-hmm. years ago, you leave, you're, you're gone. Like, you know, yeah. like, you know, like, and then I think there's a lot of stories that you might hear people say like, oh, I, you know, I, uh, why? Because you know, in radio, part of our program director's jobs, like, oh, don't mention, don't mention it's your last day, just leave. Like I've had, yeah. I've had bosses tell me that, like, don't even say anything, and 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 trust me, you'll you'll create more of a mystery if they just don't hear you coming up the next day. And yeah. I think now with social media, like you literally can still keep the same audience. They can still follow you because they follow you on Instagram or, or Twitter or Facebook, whatever. I think that's really, uh, you know, we never have to fear losing an audience now. Yeah, and it's really nice, too, because with radio, you know, it's such a unique medium in that um, you have daily contact with people as yourself. And, you know, unlike uh, film or television where you're playing a character or you, it feels more disconnected, Radio is an interaction, and so I feel like it's disrespectful sometimes to just disappear and the listeners don't get an answer as to what happened. I understand that there's a strategy behind it, um, but it is nice to be able to talk to people and tell them exactly what you're doing because that relationship gets really strong, and it becomes a part of your daily life if you listen to the same people on the radio every day. Um, So you want to know what's going on, and, and as you know, that relationship goes two ways. You want to stay in contact with the people who listen to your show because you form that connection. So I, I love social media for that reason. How did you being on Elvis prepare you for right now? Oh, wow. It, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> um, you know what? It, it prepared me to, first of all, like have a much larger, larger audience than I had ever experienced before. Right. Um, you know, Elvis has cultivated this massive audience. And so dipping my toe into that, like when I first joined um, and sort of seeing just a flood of people who reached out to me just because they were already in the Elvis family, they already wanted to like say hi to the new person, that if you're not ready for that, um, it can be really overwhelming. So I was really lucky that it started at a relatively um, manageable rate. Um, and then just the idea of really pushing. I mean, we were very busy on that show. It didn't stop at 10 in the morning when we went off the air. There were um, podcasts and, you know, the Facebook show and meetings and all of those things that we would do every day. And so it taught me how to manage my time, how to really push and hustle. 
but also it taught me how not to do things. Like I overextended myself way too much. I was overtired. I was stressed out. And um, it, that was a good experience for me to set boundaries and say, okay, you know what? You can't do everything. You can't please everyone. Your health has to come first because if you're drained, you're not good to anybody. Right. That happens a lot in our industry, I think. Like, you know, we, we have that mentality of like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead, right? Like, yeah. you know, you know yeah. and so it's 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 kind of like it's, um, you know, I, I give you credit for saying, hey, let's pump the brakes for a little bit because I need to worry about me as a person first and my health. Now, when we were when you were in Syracuse, we had a dinner before we went to our event. And the yeah. one thing you said that you almost had to be like you left radio. You're in Minneapolis, right? Working at KDWB. Yeah. Yeah. Another legendary morning show, Dave Ryan. Yeah. Um, so you've been very fortunate with that to work with two legendary morning shows. Um, Agreed. And, uh, and we uh, have a common friend from one of the, that show. We'll get into that later. But um, <laughs> you said that you, you left that so you were going to get out of radio. So my question is, the way you left Elvis and the way you left KDWB back in the day, did you kind of go through the same kind of mindset or was it two different things? Um, it was it was two different things. When I left uh, KDWB in Minneapolis, um, you know, it, a huge portion of that was to move to be with my boyfriend at the time because he was living across the country, and um, you know, I was just I was ready to do something new, but I wasn't in a place to do that yet, and so I was sort of in this strange situation where I knew I needed to take a new step, but I didn't feel like I had everything in place yet to take that step um, versus this time I knew it was time. Like I knew that I had the things set up behind the scenes um, that would sort of help me get to that next place. And I also knew that I had uh, a little bit of a financial cushion of the money that I had saved in the meantime right. so that I wasn't going to be panicking. Um, so it was a similar like, holy crap, I'm jumping but I feel like this was a, a little bit of a, a better outcome. You kind of like, you made the decision on your own rather than kind of following somebody. Yeah. And I, yeah. And, and, you know, leaving KDWB, I think that I had learned and, and grown as much as I could in that situation. And then I was really craving new challenges. Um, and so, you know, I, I am, obviously immensely grateful to that show and, and to Dave Ryan because he really did launch my career for me. Um, but it was really time to like try something new. So this, this time it was a similar situation, but I just felt like I had more things to jump into mm -hmm. um, on the other side. And you were just there a couple weeks ago, right? Yeah. So it was Dave Ryan's 25th anniversary um, at KDWB. And so I went back and a bunch of his, former co-host Angie Taylor, who's in Chicago now, um, Lee Volsvik, who's in Minneapolis, and, uh, you know, um, Fallon, who's there now. We all got to hang out. I got to see Dave, give him a big hug, and it was really good to see everybody again. Yeah, and our common friend is Steve-O. Yeah. Who, who is the producer. He's, like, he's more of a co-host, right? Or is he, like, both? He's he's both, but I really – he's changed a lot since I was there so he started as more of our producer and would kind of be in the background a lot but he's more of a co-host now with Fallon and I it's a really great change because he's so funny he has so much to bring to the table um and 
I, I love this new role for him. Yeah, and he was my roommate back back in in, <laughs> in Rochester when we were yeah. both working at, in radio in there. Yeah, I think it's like I think radio is like any industry. I mean, whoever you know, as you listen to this, and you maybe don't work in radio, and it seems a little inside baseball, but like it's like any industry where if you work in accounting or if you work, you know, in like a like at a Starbucks, you tend to know each other or run in the same circle. Totally. And, um, and so it's really funny to see those connections happen. It's very incestuous. It's 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 yeah, it's, oh, it's a, it, super incestuous. It's a industry that literally is like. It spans the country, right? But it's like literally three degrees of separation. It's just, it's crazy. I remember when I worked at a bank and I would, you know, be emailing people within the bank from around the country and then there would be big meetings and you would get to meet each other finally and you only knew each other via email. It's a little bit like that where you hear each other and then you get to finally meet and now you're friends and all of a sudden you're co-hosts and all of a sudden like one of you is the other one's producer and now you're dating. Like it's very small world yeah no it's 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 totally small it's very it's uh yeah it's it's like everyone you'd see you know on the way up you see on the way down or, or some other point in the career it, you're not going to come across these people once great yeah absolutely um so other than you know other than doing you know um leaving elvis you had a podcast the acquired taste podcast which is really great following that's awesome by the way thank you yes um we are on iTunes, we're on Google Play, um, CastBox, Stitcher, and uh, it comes out every Wednesday. It's, it's me and um, two of my girlfriends, Kathleen and Sam, and um, yeah, we have a good time. Our goal is just to create an environment where everybody is welcome and part of our family, and then we just talk about our own problems. Um, the episode that comes out this week talks about we each created our own universe and what we would want it to look like. Um, mine has a weekly murder mystery party, so it's it's really fun, and we just want people to to come and feel like they have friends um, who accept them and love them. It looks really cool the way you shoot it. Like you shoot it in like your apartment, right? Yeah, we shoot it in uh, we we record it in Kitchen Studio NYC, which is also my kitchen, which is also <laughs> currently uh, a costume shop because I'm uh, building a wardrobe for a web series I'm working on right now. So there's a lot going on in my kitchen, except cooking. Cooking does not happen in my kitchen, but everything else does. Well, you live in New York City. You don't need to cook. Like, you can have anything right. you want delivered to your house, like, within an hour. I know. I'm so lazy. I'm so <laughs> spoiled. That's true. And it's hot, and it's better than anything you could make. Exactly. That's pretty, yeah. pretty true. Um, speaking of your online series, Labeled, um, which basically is about a girl working at a record label, right? Yeah. Um, so Labeled is a six-episode web series. You can find it at labeledseries.com. And I co-produced it and star in it. Um, and, yeah, it's about the low-level employees at a major fictional record label. And so when people see shows about, you know, the music industry, it tends to be really glamorous. You get to see them on tour. You get to see the artists, you know, going around spending money or with their romantic love lives or whatever. This is more the behind the scenes of the people who work at the record industry. So it's like it's like The Office or like Veep. Um, it's the people who aren't glamorous. It's the people who are making just enough to get by. Right. And they're trying to save these insane artist careers. Um, in the first episode, one of our artists tweets a picture of his junk in the middle of an edible arrangement to uh, 
fan on Twitter, and so we have to rush and try to save his career. <laughs> and um, it's it's good. So we're we're um, now shooting a spinoff of that called Independent Woman, starring Anya Marina, who is in our first episode. Um, so that's in production right now. Yeah, and I think that's the one thing that some people don't realize. Like, they're for every high paying executive position that someone might assume there is at a record label, there's probably five, like, you know, grunt, like, barely making anything to make ends meet, especially living in New York City, jobs mm-hmm. that everyone has. Because, you know, you've been, you're, you were close to the industry, and, and obviously, um, you know, I got to deal with it a lot, and I still do as a program director. I deal with, you know, record labels a lot. But if you go to a record, if you actually go, and I'm sure you have, if, if you if maybe you did or you didn't to research the, the, the show, but if you go to a record company, it's like it's a cubicle farm, and then like the, the executives have like the five offices surrounding the cubicles. Oh, it's, yeah, it's insane. And then it's, you know, these people whose daily lives involve meetings with, the kind of stars that people would line up around a block to see. So, like, my co-producer and my production um, partner works at a record label, and, you know, he'll sit down and he'll just, today he's, he's having a meeting with Ed Sheeran, and, like, that's just part of his normal life. Right. And with some of the newer artists, a lot of times those normal meetings involve, like, it's not a good idea to have your album art you know, just the middle finger or whatever. Like, just having the most insane, bizarre lives that we really wanted to bring to the table. Um, and so I think it's really fun, and we're, um, we're working on selling it right now, so keep your fingers crossed. We, we would love it to go to um, actually on, on TV and have it be a proper show. No, I mean, it's a great concept, and I think, you know, it's almost like the anti-entourage, if you think about it. Yeah, like, you know, total. It's, so it's, it's funny because... It's like, there's oh, no glamour. Right. Well, you know, and it's like there's so many stories. Like I was talking to, I'm not going to mention the label or the person because I don't want to give it the artist's identity away. But I was talking to um, a uh, a record rep. See how I can navigate through this minefield here. And it, um, <laughs> the uh, the artist is uh, a very high profile artist. I would say top three in their genre, and they are um, they're in a new relationship. That's moving very fast. I probably gave okay. too much away already. Um, and uh, and I was talking to um, the rep from this label, and I was like, "So what's with that, right? Like that's a total rebound." And in in this rep, this rep was like, "Yeah, and they're totally psycho, by the way." So I was just like, okay. you know, you, to get this inside, um, to get this inside view on these people that we would normally never have the inside view on. Yeah, it's, it really does give you this other view of fame, and not just music, but, but everybody who's in the spotlight. Their image is really cultivated. Even the people who seem like they're very down-to-earth, um, they probably are, but that's still a cultivated image. Of course, it's still totally. something that people behind the scenes have to run around, you know, hold certain people back, keep certain people coming forward and giving some people access and some people no access to try and keep this image up. And so you, you, you know, it evokes the image of a duck where it's like the artist is the duck and the people working are the, are the feet like paddling like hell underneath the water. And to see that side of it is, is I think really fun and not something that a lot of people get to see. Well, and like crazy's crazy, right? So like if you're crazy, 
throwing money at you in like attention is not going to just magically have you stop being crazy. It's going to make you well, worse. And I know, like somebody once told me, I wish I could remember who said this, that you stop maturing at the age at which you became famous. So I know somebody who um, who hit fame pretty early, like 15 years old. Right. I hate having to be this. I hate having to be this sneaky about it. It feels like it's. But you understand why. I mean, I think listeners understand why. But um, this person hit fame at like 15 years old. And so I went to their apartment once, and their apartment was filled with, like, inflatable animals, <laughs> pinball machines. And this is a grown-up person. And uh, and I sort of called them on it, and they were like, ah, this is what happens when you get a lot of money when you're a teenager. You and basically just described the apartment from Big. That's what Tom. I told him. I was like, dude, you live in the apartment from Big. But So it's just a really interesting thing to see. And I think that explains a lot of the stuff you read about, you know, on TMZ and page six. A lot of that behavior is because... I wouldn't know what to do with that much money. Um, now imagine, you, you know, you're like 17 and you've been given all of it. It's a really hard thing to navigate. That's why I didn't blame Justin Bieber. Like I felt, yeah. I kind of felt for him when, you know, not this, like when things got really bad when he was like 19 and 20 and like he wasn't really doing stuff that a normal 19 or 20 year old wouldn't do, you know, like, right. you know, like. And I would tell my friends, I'm like, listen, like, you know, the stupid crap we did when we were that age. Now, imagine a hundred million dollars at your disposal or however many millions of dollars at your disposal and a team of people that will just say yes and Mm -hmm. throw that into you being the 19 year old dumbass and see what would happen. Oh, and cameras are following you, you know, constantly. Well, in the picture, you know, the moment that I really understood um, how trying to deal with it was there was a picture that came out where he was eating brunch outside with a bunch of his friends at a table and the picture showed him and then a security guard about maybe 10 feet away from the table holding back like a hundred people who were just watching him eat brunch and he was looking down at his plate trying to pretend they weren't there but it just shows you that he really cannot do much without people screaming and being around him and I think that that Really, you would have to have a really special group of people around you to not have that affect you uh, negatively. And and I think he just got thrown into it very, very young, and he's um, he's trying to figure it out. Totally, yeah. It's funny we had when we had all those artists here last week. Um, some of them are on their way up, right? So they don't have that level of of fame. And I forgot mm-hmm. who it was. I forgot if it was the guys from In Real Life. Or if it was like Logan Henderson, who used to be in Big Time Rush. But somebody said, might have been the in real life guys. He said, yeah, we went to the mall. And I'm like, yeah, hold on to that. You know, Hold on to yeah. that feeling where you can go to the mall and not get bum rushed. Um, because, yeah. you know, eventually you won't be able to do that if, if your career. Then it's, it's, it's true. But it's also then about like when you no longer can go to the mall, having understanding to appreciate it because someday you will be able to go to the mall again and no one will care you know like most people have sort of an arc trajectory where it comes back down again and so understanding that it's not going to be like this forever and to really appreciate it while it is happening it's a very good point it's like in binghamton new york which is just like an hour away down the road tim tebow is playing for the mets double a team which is in binghamton and oh gee yeah 
So we have a couple, we have stations there too, but we have like a couple, we have a client who basically has, it's a restaurant and they have a location here and they have a location in Binghamton. And they were to, the client was telling us that Tim Tebow loves this place in Binghamton, but he can't go there. They have to deliver it to him because, Uh. you know, I mean, Tim Tebow is, is, is a huge athlete and celebrity everywhere, but like in a small town like Binghamton, New York, which is even is much smaller than Syracuse. It's even that much of a bigger deal, you know. So yeah, it's uh, so crazy. It's so. But sometimes you hear too about people who like are very famous, but in smaller towns they get left alone just because the people. There's like just this level of respect. I feel like in smaller towns, right? Where, where it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, it's nice to see you, but you're no better than everyone else. See, it's funny. I, I, my trainer and I were, I mean, like I, I've said out loud, I have a giant man crush on the rock and like, he's one of my top five people I would love to meet if I ever had the chance to meet him. And, but I know just from following him on Instagram that like one, he trains in his own gym now. He doesn't go to a regular gym, but like when he does go to a regular gym, the rare occasion that he does one, they close it down. And two, like, you just know he's the kind of guy that wouldn't want to be bothered while he's in the middle of training. And I was like, no, no. Right. So I talked to my trainer, like, I'm like, imagine, like, what kind of, uh, you know, weird fate would it be or cruel punishment that you go to the gym and you see the rock, but you know, you can't say anything to him, you know, because you don't don't want to disrespect, you know, and that's and I think that's the thing that most people get. Right. Like if we see a celebrity, you know, um, eating you know you know don't bother them and, and, and i know there's a lot of people that probably don't care about that line and they'll just go right up but i think for the most part hopefully people do the right thing and like they'll either wait or you know yeah they'll uh they'll or, have you know, a, at least like if you go up to meet them don't steal their food i mean like i would have to hold myself back more from stealing their sweet potato fries than anything else <laughs> don't don't take their food I want to ask you questions changing gears a little bit i want to because your social media is on point um <laughs> What would you say, first off, before we get into that question, are you, uh, what's your thoughts on Instagram TV? You know what? I haven't even looked at it yet. I, I, um, probably should, but I, as I told you when we were texting about meeting up like this, I have been trying to like put my phone down a lot, um, as I'm unwinding from having a, a hustly job. And so I haven't even looked into it. Tell me what I should think about it. What are my thoughts on on Instagram TV? Uh, well, there's a couple things I've noticed. One, it's it's kind of cool. It's very similar. Uh, it's it's kind of like they're going after YouTube, right? So yeah. Um, I had to finagle for the first day or two. Like, I had to find the right... It's I don't want to say it's fussy, but the videos you <laughs> upload to... The, uh, the videos you upload to Instagram TV have to be shot vertically. So okay. I had a lot of videos that... I had to like reformat to the 16-9 ratio. So like, cause I wanted to put a lot of content up, right? I wanted to put content that I already had recorded up rather than like, all right, let's start from scratch. So um, other than that, it's kind of cool. I, I, You're not going to see the same amount of engagement that you would on your normal feed um, yet. But I think like if you want to be one of the first people on the ground floor, now is the time to do it. Um, so like, I think, you know, I'm going to try to do, I had a, well, I did a vlog before, 
but it wasn't on YouTube. It was on Instagram. Basically, what I did was I just saved all my stories and like stitched them together and uploaded them as a post every day. And but it was only I only had a minute, right? But now I can do it yeah. as long as I want. It's so hard. I was listening to a podcast yesterday about really how hard it is to make money on the internet. Um, you know, they were talking about when you go to a legit website, like if you go to CNN, um, you'll see if you scroll down to the very bottom, you just see those clickbait websites, yeah. you know, where it's like 10 stars, you grow up to look ugly. And then you click <laughs> on it and it takes you to a website you've never heard of before. Yep. These, these legit websites, they don't love to post those, but it's where they get a ton of money. Um, because they lease out this space to these kind of clickbaity companies and they get money that way because, you know, people get mad when you post these splash ads that like cover the entire website. They don't want to click away. They don't like pre-rolls. So I, 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 you know, sympathize that these companies, these websites are trying to find ways to actually make money. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean I like an ad before I open Instagram. The worst is when you see the story that's like celebrities that you didn't know were dead. And the thumbnail yeah. they the thumbnail they use for that is someone who's alive. I'm like, wait, that person's alive and well. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, don't you know, don't BS me. Um, but what I wanted to ask was, what would your tips be? Someone that has hundreds of thousands of followers, what would your tips be? for someone that has hundreds of followers to kind of help grow. Cause I, I'll, I'll say this, it's a grind. Like it's a job to really, if we are supposed to engage at the level that we should with everyone who comments, um, I can't even imagine how busy it would be for you with what you have like, what, two, 230,000 followers. Am I right? I'm just. Something like that on Instagram. Yeah. And, and even that number is, considered pretty low if you're talking about, you know, companies wanting to partner up and, and do things. Um, it, it, you're right, it is a grind, and it's a full-time job. And, you know, I, I don't have a daily 9 to 5, and I cannot keep up with my social media. If I sat all day um, and worked on it, I wouldn't be able to keep up. And that's not a bad thing, though, because it means that people are engaged and people want to talk to you. Um, I, think, I think, you know, the more positive you can be, I think right now, especially people really need to feel lifted up. I think showing sides of your personal life that you don't necessarily post anywhere else. Um, obviously, you know, hashtags are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and But it's just about being, like, figuring out what is super unique about you and then bringing that to your Instagram account. Because, you know, everybody does and after workout pictures, which is great. Everybody, you know, makeup tutorials, of course. But if there's a unique take on that that you have, I think really bringing that to the forefront um, and then commenting on other people's posts, on other people's accounts to get their attention and then, you know, they might come back and follow you back. It's, it's just a lot of the things that you've heard of, but it really is valuable to more than anything be your unique self. Like I keep thinking about this guy. Um, I think his account is official Ariel or the official Ariel. And he's just brilliant at making himself up to look like the various Disney princesses. Right. And he looks just like them. And that's something that I hadn't seen anywhere else. Um, and it's, you know, he has a great following. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good point. Just be yourself. Cause I think that's the one thing that 
no one else can copy, right? Like a lot of people copy the same. You know, we have a, f- a friend who's a photographer, and he was like telling us, like, yeah, people are copying my shots. Like, well, okay, you know, obviously you can't stop that, right? But like, if hey. you if you are really documenting your own, like, I had a pot Gary Vaynerchuk on a, a few weeks ago, and like one thing that he's really preaches is just document everything, right? Like, don't. Cr- it's probably easier to copy someone when you create content, but when you document your life. That content really is kind of, you know, um, it's hard to copy because it's your life and you're just living your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And and figure out what it is about you that's really quirky or really unique um, that you might think you don't, you're not even aware of it because it's who you are and what you live every day. But ask your friends, what, what's kind of weird about me? And that might shine a light towards what you really want to put the focus on. I don't know if I'm prepared for the answer to that question. <laughs> You're more supportive friends who know how to say things in a nice way. I mean, you know, like you're, you know, you're an a-hole maybe isn't the response you're looking for, but like, you know, you, you have this kind of unique take on the world and you might not even realize it. But you're a quirky a-hole and that's why we like you. You're a quirky a-hole. Nice. Hashtag quirky (laughs) a-hole. Well, Bethany, I am so glad you had a chance to join us today. I wish uh, nothing but the best of luck that you don't need because you're obviously killing it. And and I I love to see you involved in all these different things, in the uh, in the labeled miniseries, in the spinoff, in the podcast, and, and you're just killing it. So I love to see it, um, and I'm glad you uh, had the chance to stop to, for a little bit today and have us call you. Thank you, friend. It was good to hear your voice again. Next time, I want to like see you in person so I can give you a hug. We are we are trying to bring Scary back to town. That would be uh, that would be quite the reunion right there. Dude, he's such a sweet guy. <laughs> I love him. Totally a party. Well, Bethany, I appreciate it again. Um, and if they want to check you out, where can they check out your podcast? So you can find an Acquired Taste podcast. We are on um, iTunes. We are on Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, and a bunch of others. Um, and then you can follow me on social media. I'm Ms. Bethany Watson on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm Radio Bethany on Twitter. There you go. And since you mentioned all those other competitors to iHeartRadio, this podcast will now self-destruct. <laughs> We're not on iHeartRadio, unfortunately. Otherwise, I would have I would have plugged. But, uh, but you are, and that's the important thing. Awesome! Thank you so much. Thanks, Kobe.